and we are officially live. Um, this is Nick from P2W Fantasy with Anthony from P2W Fantasy and our friend Chris Robin, and we are going to talk about uh, week, yeah, yeah, week four, and get into week five shortly. All right, so yeah, we uh we didn't plan this, but me and Anthony have the Lakers Miami jersey. Chris stood neutral, just to stay out of this because he knows yeah. uh, Anthony and I can have some beef sometimes. Um, didn't plan that at all, but uh, somehow we had the memo in our, our heads here. Um, looking ahead uh, here, uh, touching base on week four. I keep trying to say three, week four, and then we'll get into week five. Um, Anthony, what's up, man? It's been a little bit since you've been on. Yep. How's it going, guys? I've been a little bit busy, but it's good to get back on a podcast with you guys. Yeah. So for those who do not know, um, Anthony coaches college soccer and they're getting back into things right now. Um, so yeah, that's why he has been around as often as before. Uh, but also with us, we have Detroit Beastie. Uh, Chris, why don't you uh, tell everybody where we can find you for when people are listening to this on um the Apple podcast and things like that. And then let us know uh, some of the stuff you got going on. I know you just dropped your um, weekly article. That was very, very good. I did. Thank you. You can find me right underneath my chin and my chest area at Detroit Beastie on Twitter, uh, bottom of the barrel. My weekly NFL DFS article is out now. You can find it on Twitter or at Facebook. Uh, Just Google search. Chris Robin, bottom of the barrel, and it should pop up in uh, two seconds. Uh, rankings should be coming out tomorrow. Just about done, but I like to have them perfect and tweak them. Uh, that's about it. I can't thank you enough for uh, for having me. And, man, you, you hit big time on that article last week. I know you were sharing uh, some of the hits you did make, but they actually turned out very nicely if people read the article and went with it. Yeah, and I <coughs> – excuse me. I, I never uh, – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, if I say anything that's out of line or out of school here, Nick, but I don't, I'm not the guy who's always on social media or or in real life, you know, being an egomaniac or I did this right, or I did that wrong, or I did this right. But Mm -hmm. it was just, it just so happens. One of my child, uh, childhood friends who I'm still very close with now, his name is Mike. He kept texting me. Oh my God, Gabriel Davis just scored. Oh my God, this guy just, you know, uh, Latavius Murray scored again because I had changed the Lions game up. So he was texting me every 20, 30 minutes. And it was like, this is unbelievable. And I know a lot of what we do, it's like a best, uh, we take things into uh, credit, right? And we try and put out stuff that's, that's close to, you know, real life as possible. But when an article or, or so many calls like this hits, you know, I I think it's cool to stop for five minutes you know, and uh, really take it in because it doesn't happen that often. That's true. That's true. All facts there. And you did hit a lot. And um, that's important to uh, kind of go with somebody who's consistent. Uh, we have the icon checking in right here. <laughs> a good, good friend there. Um, so in this past week, touching base real quick. Uh, again, this season's been riddled with uh, injuries and it's it's getting kind of uh, frustrating for a lot of people because it's not just uh, your third string wide receiver or second string tight end. It's a lot of running backs and starting players. You know, this past week, Austin Eckler, um, I, I've been a massive Austin Eckler uh, truther, but hamstring and knees getting that uh, reevaluated. I think a second opinion on that. Uh, Nick Chubb with an MCL, um, which will probably take him out at least 
six weeks they're projecting could be sooner, could be longer. So that's two um, starting running backs for a lot of people right there. So you just have to understand if, if that's you who's affected. You've had the people that have rostered Saquon and, you know, Cortland Sutton and <coughs> Christian McCaffrey, um, th those guys. And, um, I mean, you just have to manage your team and adjust from there. If it means trades, if it means hitting the waiver wire, uh, you just have to be aware of your league and, and what's going on um, with that. Uh, but let, let, let's, uh, let's go forward here um, and give a quick uh, recap on some of the monster games from this past week. So um, usually we go over the top five and the bottom five, but I figure we can just dive right into um, a new topic here. It's going to be asterisk or norm. So I'm going to give you guys a, a person who had a monster game, and uh, you guys let me know if you think that uh, – this was just an asterisk for, you know, this massive scoring week for this player. Or if you think this is going to be a norm, maybe if maybe if they scored 40 points, you don't say they're going to score 40 points every single week. But you're saying, hey, this player is going to actually have a lot more big games. So to start, um, I have Teddy Bridgewater. He was a QB4 this past week, 27.24 points. He went 26 for 37, 276 yards, two touchdowns. One interception, six carries, and a touchdown. So Teddy Bridgewater, I'll start with with you, Anthony. What do you think about Teddy Bridgewater? Is this an asterisk performance, or do we see this as uh, something that's going to be a norm? Uh, in my opinion, I want to say it's going to be closer to a norm than an asterisk. Um, the, the reasoning behind that um, is kind of his coming out game, in my opinion. Um, he's got a great wide receiver core, in my opinion, and – DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, uh, and even Mike Davis right now filling in for McCaffrey is looking very good on all sides of the ball, running the ball and receiving. Uh, if he utilizes the weapons the way he did last game, um, he's going to be a dangerous quarterback in the league. Uh, in my opinion, Teddy Bridgewater is a game manager, so you're not going to see a lot of turnovers from him. Uh, so that's always a positive in terms of fantasy production. If he's able to get up there around that 300-yard mark, throw one to two touchdowns uh, consistently, he's going to be a decent play in fantasy. So uh, if he starts utilizing DJ Moore a little bit more, uh, I think he's going to be just fine. And hopefully Christian McCaffrey comes back sooner than later and he has another weapon to use. So I could see it being more of a norm than an asterisk in my opinion. All right, so Anthony's with the, the norm. Chris, are you countering him, or do you agree? Well, I, I'd like to say it's a little bit of both, right? So this coming Sunday, week five, Teddy and Carolina goes into Atlanta, and they've been god-awful uh, on defense. They're 0-4. So I could see another repeat performance this Sunday in Atlanta, <clears throat> but do we think that Teddy Bridgewater – has it in him to put up 30, 40 fantasy points a game. I don't think so. So let's ride out the, the, the norm in week five, and then when we, we get around to week six, we can maybe call it an asterisk. Atlanta is – I hard pressed to see Atlanta go to 0-5, uh, but stranger things have happened. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm on that mixed feeling sort of train too. I mean, the, the schedule right now uh, – Puts in, puts in um, his favor games like Atlanta twice over the next four weeks. Uh, he'll go to Chicago. I just think, you know, the first game of the season, he scored 19.36, had a good last week. But in between those two games, they were just okay. 
very iffy games. I think one was actually a bad game. So I think he's going to be very match dependent. I don't think that we can depend on him to be consistent enough, but I think if it's the right matchup, like in Atlanta twice over the next four weeks, then you can play him. But I'm, I'm not going to jump on board of well, almost 30 points a week for, for Teddy. Uh, Tom Brady, QB2 for the week. He uh, scored 33.46 points. He went 30 for 46, 369 yards, five touchdowns. I think that was the big um, the big uh, red, red lights going off for him there. Um, for Tom Brady, Chris, is this going to be more of the norm performance or an asterisk for the next handful of weeks? Well, any quarterback throwing five touchdowns is not the norm unless you're like Patrick Mahomes, let's be honest here. But Tom Brady's Tom Brady. I, I believe him to be the greatest quarterback of all time, so I, I believe this is the norm for Tom Brady. Just a good, solid uh, game, both in real life and for fantasy purposes. Anthony, what do you think? I think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I, So far from what I've seen, I'm not liking him with the Bucks right now. Um, if they start involving Vaughn in the passing game, That'd be interesting to me. Uh, Scotty Miller is a typical Tom Brady guy, okay? Uh, but – Whatever that means, we won't get too into it. What's that? David <laughs> uh, checking in. Looking good, fellas. <laughs> uh, but Godwin being out, uh, Mike Evans kind of with his inconsistency. I don't know if he's on the same page with Brady right now or, or what's going on with him. Uh, he also – you could tell he, he was a little frustrated last game. I think he was starting some fights on the field and everything. But uh, Brady right now, I'm not liking the fit. Um, I don't see him having huge touchdown number games like this. Five touchdowns is a little unrealistic uh, expectation for me. And now you got another loss of a weapon with O.J. Howard going down, and he, he just did a decent, decent game. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm going to stay away from Brady right now. I think, I think it's going to be more of the norm when they have a healthy core because right now Leonard Fournette's banged up. Chris Godwin's been missing time. Mike Evans was balling out, but he was limping on the off plays this past weekend. So I'm going to say until they get a healthy core, it's going to be an asterisk. Uh, looking at their, their games, their upcoming schedule, Chicago and Green Bay, but then uh, the Raiders and the Giants after that. So I would say if by the Raiders and the Giants, they can have a healthy core, I think he has the opportunity to have some big games. And I, I know being in a new offense with a new coach, with a new system, it might take some adjusting. But uh, I think you just have to hold on to Brady and um, hope for a healthy receiving and, and rest of uh, their, their circle right there. Even with Leonard Fournette, I, I'd like to see him more implemented in the offense when he's healthy. I love, if I may real quick, I'm kind of with Anthony here. I love the idea of a Rojo and a Vaughn combo. Uh, Vaughn scored on Sunday. He just completely hammered the guy on his way to the end zone. He was going to score whether he liked it or not. And mind you, Vaughn was in street clothes for a few games uh, this week leading up to this. So this kid has, has had major uh, draft stock and potential. We saw it all spring and all summer. People were touting Vaughn as a top 10 fantasy back and he was in street clothes to start the season for the first few games. So, uh, again, if Leo Fournette is in the in the lineup, that's one thing. 
But if he's out of the lineup, if he's hurt or he's ill, uh, Kenyon Barner, if that matters, uh, he was suspended four games today for uh, substance abuse issues. So uh, there's a clear path to playing time for both Rojo and Vaughn in the absence of Leonard Fournette. And I, I couldn't be more excited as a as a Vaughn owner in a very deep uh, dynasty league. Uh, quick side note, where's Chris's basketball jersey? No love for the Detroit Pistons. Not, 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 not in 2020, Jacob. If we're going to go back to like big, 2005, big yeah, with Chauncey Billups when they were shutting down, uh, you know, the Lakers, then went back to the uh, finals. And, yeah. yeah Robert Murray. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's now we're talking. I got yeah. a Rip Hamilton jersey around here somewhere. I got to dig it out. And the face mask, I think, too, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, move, moving ahead here. Uh, Joe Mixon was the RB1, 42.1 points against Jacksonville. He went 25 carries for 151 yards, two touchdowns, six catches, and a touchdown. So Joe Mixon, I'll start with Anthony this time. Do we think this is going to be more of the norm, having big weeks like this, or is this an asterisk? It's an asterisk for me. Uh, I am not a Joe Mixon truther. I don't believe in Joe Mixon being an elite running back. Um, I'm looking at the game here, and it's a typical, like, as a college coach, we, we have guys on our team that you'll look at and be like, hey, you put him in against a bad team, and he's going to do damage. And that's what Joe Mixon just did. He went against a Jacksonville team that is not good, and he did some damage. Am I going to expect huge numbers like that going forward? No. Until he does it against some good defenses in some bigger games, I'm staying away from Mixon. I don't want anything to do with Mixon. I'm not buying right now. And if I have him after that 40-point game, I'm probably looking to sell, to be, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to try to get as much as I can for him because I, I'm sorry, I just don't see it. I don't see it with Mixon. I love Burrow. I, I like what he's doing with the offense, but but Mixon is not going to be an answer for me to be a RB1. So that's my opinion on that. Chris? Uh, I agree and I disagree to a certain extent. I mean, Joe Mixon uh, has, has the pedigree. I know, I, I hate to say, uh, you know, Mixon was drafted as a, fantasy, as a top 10 fantasy running back for a reason because now we're starting to get into week five and, and greater, and you can kind of start to throw some of that stuff out as other guys emerge, like James Robinson in Jacksonville, let's say. But Mixon has the pedigree. He has the power to do this. It, it, it stinks that as we sit here tonight to talk about Mixon, is he, is he an asterisk or is it the norm? He's playing in Baltimore on Sunday, and, and Baltimore is the seventh-ranked overall rushing defense. But yeah. but if you look at what, what Mixon has done this season, he's at, looking at my notes, he's got 78.75 yards per game, which is six among all active running backs. So the kid has it in him to do this. Again, I know uh, I love the segment because you're giving us, you know, the top notch performers of the week, right? Is it normal? Is it not normal? It's not normal for any quarterback to throw five touchdowns. It's not normal for a running back to put up 40 fantasy points a week, but where's that, where's that healthy medium in there? If we can agree to disagree kind of in that, you know, in that gray area there. And I believe it's legit and it's finally, it, it's finally happening and it's going to happen. Uh, in Sunday in Baltimore, he's going to have a good game and everything, you know, you'll be able to wipe your brow like you just did and be like, maybe the, the worst is over. Mixon is warmed up, you know, let's get it going here. Yeah. I um, you make some good points there, especially with 
looking at the stats put up versus what the fantasy production is, because sometimes that's different. You have a guy that rushes for a hundred yards and he gets 10 points, you know, flat or something like that. But, but um, I think Mixon is going to be very hit or miss for me. That, that that's going to be my, my stance. Looking at the first couple of weeks, um, 6.1, 12.6, 8.5. That's three weeks of football. I know you can't overreact to that. But uh, looking at the schedule coming up, Baltimore, like you said, Chris, they go to Indianapolis, and then they play Pittsburgh twice. So you look at that group of games right there, and you might be concerned that Joe Burrow is going to be doing what he's done the first you know few games and throwing the ball almost 40 times, if not more. Yeah. So you're like, where does Mixon fall into that? He had six receptions, which is a good – Sign for him, you know, Gio Bernard is not on the field, taking that away from him. On the positive note, though, weeks 12, 13, and 14, <laughs> the Giants, Miami, and then Dallas, three teams that struggle to defend. So I think he's going to go through a rough patch, and you're going to say, hey, yeah. typical Joe Mixon, you know, he's disappearing. He's, he's almost useless in that flex position right now. But then you have a better side of the schedule when you might be in a pinch to make your fantasy playoffs. So it's not the norm for me that he's going to have consistent weeks, but I think he's going to come in handy later, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. Antonio Gibson, rookie, RB5 on the week, 22.8 points against Baltimore. So um, we're looking at uh, somebody who's going to play or who did play Baltimore, and then we just talked about somebody who's going to play Baltimore. Had 13 carries for 46 yards, one touchdown, four receptions for 82 yards. Um, what do you think about Antonio Gibson? Uh, is this going to be the norm now that he is going to be a consistent fantasy option, Chris? Uh, it's a great segment, and I feel like a jerk because every you know each and every one of these guys, I can argue both sides. Uh, I never got the you know the the draw of Gibson in the spring and the summer and, and leading up until now. Uh, fast forward to week five, where he's at home against the Rams. And you have to start at the quarterback position here. I know you're not asking about Haskins, but he doesn't look like a good uh, like a good leader on the field. Uh, he doesn't look like a good quarterback. And you know, we read some reports that the whole the team, Ron Rivera, even you know, I think was forced to comment on it. If he keeps Haskins at quarterback, he's going to lose the team because nobody around him, uh, you know, players and coaches and, and other personnel, they don't believe in Haskins. So you need a guy that can just come in there and grab the reins and get something going. And I'd like to believe that you know, last week this is going to be the new norm from for Gibson. But as a rookie, uh, I know that the the big knock on him was you know people would say it for fun and passing on social media. Well, the kid only had 33 carries in college and you're going to give him the rock, you know, as a pro back all this time. Can he handle the workload? But this is this is what Gibson's going to do this season because he's on not only because he's a rookie, but because he's on a Washington team that, again, doesn't look that well aside from their, let's say, uh, defensive line. But this is the kind of production you're going to get out of him. It's going to you're going to ride the wave and it's you're going to have really high highs and you're going to have really low lows. You're going to be manic, let's say. That's the definition of being manic, you know, high, high, low, low, playing Antonio Gibson. So, again, another guy who I would only use when the matchup is plus. And if you look at this weekend playing the Rams, it's legit a, a, a mid-tier matchup. They rank 14th, 18th across the board in terms of defense. So, of course, I would play him this weekend, but just temper your expectations, people. All right, Anthony, what do you think about Gibson? 
Yeah, uh, Chris, what you said about Rivera is interesting. I actually didn't hear about that. Um, but I'm kind of on the same page as you, Chris, uh, with Gibson. He, I mean, he's somebody who I definitely wasn't very high on coming out of college. Um, didn't have enough out there for me to kind of have a good sense of how he would be in the pros compared to some of the other guys. But uh, they always say uh, guys that have a lot of production are due for fantasy points. My counter to that would be David Montgomery though. So it kind of goes both ways. David Montgomery gets a lot of work. He's not, he doesn't necessarily always give you good fantasy production. So I think it's going to be hit or miss with him. Um, I think the one benefit he has over David Montgomery is I think he's kind of got a strong grasp on that competition in Washington. Yeah, Montgomery had Cohen there for a little bit. Uh, I don't know how they're going to use Patterson, but uh, Gibson's going to catch the ball. So that's going to be a big plus for him. I think he had like 83 receiving yards, I want to say, this last week. He had a nice 30-yard gain off the screen. So I think you're going to have high points and low points like Chris said, but I think you're going to really – be dependent on how he does in the uh, passing game to get good points. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And um, I'm going to piggyback off of that because that's pretty much what I was going to touch on. I think with him being this um, almost like a gadget guy that he's going to rush. I mean, rushing 13 times, he rushed 13 times twice this season and then nine times twice this season. So it's not like he's carrying the ball like a James Robinson, like 17 times in a game. His work in the passing game, at four receptions, we like the trend of it going up, but until like JD McKissick is not involved in the passing game, and now it's like six, seven throws to uh, Gibson out of the backfield. I think that that's when I'll be more optimistic. So I'm I'm not really I'm not really too excited about him unless he is more of that pass catching back, and that we don't have to worry about them throwing the ball a lot to another guy. So I think that's what's holding me back from saying, hey. This is going to be the norm. This guy's going to ball out on a weekly basis. I think he needs to be more involved in, in the past game, especially with, with the Redskins. They're, they're going to be losing a lot of games. Don't count on him carrying the ball like 16, 17, 18 times. Uh, I'm with you. Quick question here from our, our buddy Colin at Shotgun Fantasy. We'll make this one quick here. Uh, would you trade Chubb for Drake plus Edmonds? This is a redraft question because um, I talked to him earlier. So, Chris, you're for this? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Anthony, are, are you for this or against this? In a redraft, I'm for it. Probably. Yeah. In redraft, it's it's win now. There's no there's no tomorrow. There's no next season. And Drake and the combination of Edmonds, who I believe has standalone value now, and we don't know how it's going to shake out. But it, one way, you're going to have an RB1 in Arizona with one of those guys. Yeah, the only the only counter uh, argument that you know me and Colin we were uh, texting about this a little bit. The only co- counter thing I've seen is what if Nick Chubb is back when you are in the fantasy playoffs and he's good to go. You know, like maybe that's when you want Nick Chubb. Yeah. And what happens? Good. Go, well, what happens if if during his absence Kareem Hunt goes absolutely wild like we know he can do? And Chubb is coming off, you know, kind of a, a, a you know, a major, you know, yep. knee, knee injury. What's going to happen? We don't know what's going to happen with Dearness Johnson, too. So there's too many I don't knows here for in its redraft, which just makes it very easy for me to choose. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, we all know what Hunt is capable of doing. 
who who's to say that he don't get a very hot hand and they just choose to ride with him, you know? So redraft, yeah, I'm I'm going with the uh, Cardinals back. One, one more question and then we'll move on. Uh, Five-wide uh, five football. I traded Gibson and Josh Allen for Stafford, Gordon, and Wood. I think it's Woods. In a two-quarterback league. Is this a mistake? I traded Gibson and Josh Allen for Stafford, Gordon, and Woods in a two-quarterback league. Traded cap. Um, it's not, if I may, it's not awful. I, I, if it's a two-quarterback league, uh, Josh Allen is a fantastic piece to own given the fact that he's a, you know, a top three quarterback right now, if I'm not mistaken, but you're yep. getting back Stafford. He's not going to give you the production Allen is, but I'd love to know uh, what five wide football, what is, who his second quarterback is, but it's not awful. I love Melvin Gordon. I assume that's who he's talking about. Uh, Lindsay coming back. Doesn't scare me. He is a, a, a bell cow kind of back. If they give him the ball and in a PPR, uh, Robert Woods, Bobby trees is fantastic. He's, he just, you can set it and forget it with, uh, with Robert Woods. I, I totally, uh, don't hate this trade. Uh, my kind of opinion and Nick, you know how I feel about <laughs> some of these guys, but, uh, I think just value though, if you're looking at it, Josh Allen, uh, is going to be a stud the rest of the season with the Bills. Gibson is trending upwards. I think that if you're going to trade somebody, you could trade Gibson for for the piece that you need. You know, If you need a running back, you can maybe trade Gibson plus for a running back. If you need a receiver, maybe you could trade Gibson for a receiver. So just the drop-off for Josh Allen to Stafford, I don't know that I would take that, especially with how Josh Allen's been playing this year. I think you can break up the trade too. Um, would you trade uh, Matt Stafford and Robert Woods, or maybe Matt Stafford and, and Melvin Gordon for Josh Allen? You say, uh, I mean, Matt Stafford's going to be pretty good. Him and him and a starting running back, which is hard to find. I don't think that's a terrible trade. And then would you say, would you trade Robert Woods for Gibson? If I'm the Robert Woods uh, person that's rostering him, I would never trade him for Gibson, in my opinion. So I think I, I think it's I think it's a good push and pull trade that uh, could go either way. So I, I I don't have a problem with it. You see some trades and you're like, geez, what did you just do, man? Um, let's move on here. Wide receiver one of the week, OBJ, 38.4 points. Five catches on eight targets for 81 yards and two touchdowns. Two carries for 73 yards and one touchdown. Um, the previous... A uh, few weeks for him, uh, he was above 10 points only once, so he was having a bunch of duds. Uh, I'll start this one off for Asterisk or Norm. Um, I think this is going to be the norm if Steven, uh, Steven, uh, Kevin Stefanski, I was trying to give him a cool nickname there. If Kevin Stefanski is the one who is in charge of OBJ being successful like he was in this game, he had Jarvis Landry throw him a touchdown. He had OBJ carrying the ball for so many yards, and then Baker threw one of them. So if Kevin Stefanski is the reason that OBJ is getting involved, I'll say it's the norm. If it's Baker Mayfield's job to make sure OBJ is successful, it's an asterisk for me. So I think that the coaching staff this past week found creative ways to make OBJ involved in this offense. So if that's going to be the typical thing for the Browns to do to say, hey, OBJ is talented. How do we get this guy involved creatively? If that's the case, Norm. If it's just, hey, Baker, throw the ball eight times OBJ. If that's the case, 
than asterisk for me, um, if that makes sense. Well, those are two big, those are two what ifs. Are they, what if they can get him more involved and, oh my God, it's Cleveland. And we don't really have ever expected much from Cleveland and they tend to screw things up. And I feel like I'm allowed to say that being a Detroit Lions fan, they screw everything up too. Now, if you look at what OBJ did, uh, I've seen the highlights and a lot of the talk was, you know, two of those touchdowns were rather fluky. The Jarvis Landry touchdown and that weird, I think it was a reverse or a pitch to OBJ. And he ran 15 yards back and was able to wiggle his way uh, into the end zone. So two fluky touchdowns don't uh, necessarily mean it's a normal for me. But, you know, again, with OBJ, the only thing that I like about the guy is you know what you're going to get from him, right, being in Cleveland and being OBJ, however you want to put it. So I think this is an asterisk. He's another guy. You're going to really high highs, really low lows. Week four was a really high high. And uh, the last few weeks have been somewhere in between. So I think this is the new normal for OBJ is going to be somewhere in between, not like to the moon, but not all the way to the ground either. Anthony? Yeah, I would love to say that this is going to be a norm for OBJ, but Unfortunately, after all of last season being an owner of OBJ, uh, I just know that I can't in good faith say that that's going to be a norm. Uh, Baker Mayfield is not a very consistent quarterback. Uh, with the new coach, I mean, they've looked okay so far, the Browns. Uh, it, they're not as bad as a lot of people thought they might be. But now that you got Kareem, um, Kareem Hunt taking over the – uh, backfield, I think he's going to see a lot of targets. And him seeing a lot of targets is going to take away targets from other guys. So it's going to be hard for me to say that's that's a norm um, for OBJ. But, I mean, I would would say he's talented enough to, to pull it off maybe one to two more weeks uh, having big games like this the rest of the season. But I just wouldn't expect it on a consistent basis. Yeah, it might, might just be uh, he could be a matchup winner for you one week or he can really hurt you and you got to hope for some other guys to step their games up. Um, we did see Austin Hooper also get more involved in the passing game, which was nice for people that roster him, but it also might mean that, hey, he's going to take some steps forward. Um, we'll go with two more guys here and then we'll move on to the next segment. Uh, this one might be more easy for us here. Uh, wide receiver five of the week with C.D. Lamb, 25.2 points. Five catches on seven targets for 79 yards and two touchdowns. Um, 309 total receiving yards in four games of football so far for the rookie C.D. Lamb. His target share in order from weeks one through four is six targets, nine targets, seven, and then seven. So for me, this is an easy one. He, he's making a stamp early on the NFL. Um, I think he's a guy that, you know, if, if you don't want to plug him into your wide receiver spot, he's your 100% flex. If you have him on your team every week, I think the upside and the ceiling we saw this past week is huge for him. And um, I think you have no hesitations with plugging him in ever in your lineup. And that's 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 my uh, opinion on CD. Absolutely. A star is born in Dallas. How fitting is that? And if you look at what he's done. Uh, he, he is absolutely unseated Michael Gallup as their, their wide receiver, too. Michael Gallup was a ghost uh, in week four, and rightfully so with the, with the production that the rookie is doing. If you look at what he's done, he's averaging about 9.1 yards per target in the air. And uh, I've never seen the stat before, but it's interesting. And 1.18 
net expected points per reception. So every time he catches the ball, you can expect 1.18 points. And I would imagine that's that's without PPR. If it's a full point PPR, then he's averaging a little bit over two points per reception. That's fantastic for a kid like him and, and expect more to come. And I firmly believe, and, and listen, I, I'm not a fan of the Cowboys. I'm not saying this out of a place of, of ill will or, you know, crazy expectations, but I firmly believe that Lamb will be the wide receiver one in Dallas by the end of the season. And I, really? I thought I thought that uh, him him taking over wide receiver two over Gallup, well, it was a foregone, clue, foregone conclusion, let's be honest, right, boys? But we didn't expect, nobody expected it to happen this fast. So if he can, you know, take over that WR2 spot this fast, what's stopping him from unseating uh, – Cooper at wide receiver one in that offense. Anthony, are you uh, easy agreement here? Yeah, at first, I mean, I, I was not loving the situation for CeeDee Lamb. I thought he'd have a difficult path to targets, but he's been proven to be otherwise. So uh, what I can say here is that Lamb looks good. He looks like he's a real deal. And he's got Dak Prescott as quarterback, who right now is going crazy. Okay, he's got tons of passing yards. What did he throw for 500 last week? Something like that. Yeah. So yep. uh, I can't see him slowing down. I could only see him going up from here. So C.D. Lamb looks like the real deal, and I think you're going to see bigger numbers than what he's been producing. Yep, I heard the uh, the puns from the fantasy footballers. They were calling him like T.D. Lamb, and they had like a couple other ones for him. But, yeah, he, he's, he's big time. He's big time as a rookie. Um, last one, we can go quick on this just so we can move on for the uh, sake of time here. Um, I'll take one tight end. It's Robert Tanyan. Uh, he's currently, uh, he was the tight end two for the week, and he currently is the tight end two. Uh, this past week, he had 33.8 points. He had six catches on six targets for 98 yards and three touchdowns. Um, 10.5 uh, to 16. I'm trying to see here. I think... Uh, Oh, week three, and I'm, I'm mixing up my notes here. Week three had five targets as well. Um, 10.5, uh, week two, week three was 16, and then and then this this week. So that's what his scorings look like. Um, I heard that his nickname is uh, Baby Kittle. That's what they keep referring to him as uh, on some of the podcasts I've listened to with ESPN and the fantasy footballers. I saw Aaron Rodgers last night in the game on the third touchdown kind of bump into Tanyan and he was counting on his fingers. One, two, three, just kind of like, you know, nudging him saying, Hey man, you're, you're having a big game for me, Tanyan. I have no reason to not think that he is going to be a thing this year. And the reason I'm going to say this is I know that they were missing Devonta Adams, who last time I checked was a pretty good wide receiver and demands a massive target share, but Alan Lazard's out for a while. MVS is in my opinion, not a great asset to have. I think he does good things, and I think he does very bad things sometimes. I think Robert Tanyan has gained Aaron Rodgers' trust, and I think in a world where we've had so many disappointing tight ends this year, I'm going to roll with this guy if I picked him up off of waivers. I think he's a good option, and until he proves you otherwise, go with the hot hand. Um, am I wrong in thinking this? No, uh, actually very well said, and being – being a fan of the NFC North, I've been able to watch uh, Aaron Rodgers since day one, backing up and then to blossom into what he is now. And I, 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 
probably you guys would agree that we've seen Aaron Rodgers, when he connects with a guy, when he trusts a guy, he runs with him. Example, Jordy Nelson, Devontae, like he, he gets laser focused. That's what he does on one guy, maybe two. But for my point here, it's he laser focuses on one guy. And right now, Tanyan has his full attention. So in turn, I think we should have Tanyan's full attention as well. Okay, so I'm actually on the other side of this compared to you guys. Um, my reasoning behind this, and I watched that game. Uh, he went off. Rodgers and him looked like they had a great connection. But we, we've seen this too often with Packers players. Uh, you got MVS that'll have a big game. You got Lizard that'll have a big game. You got other guys that'll randomly have – you had Kumaro last year have big games. So – I don't think it's going to be a normal thing, especially when Devontae Adams comes back and Lazard comes back. Because Lazard's a name that uh, isn't being mentioned a lot, but Lazard is one of Rodgers' guys. Uh, there's big talks of him and Rodgers being close. Uh, they do everything together. Uh, they're, they're, they're good friends, and I think that's who really has Rodgers' trust is Devontae Adams and Lazard. And, and we can't forget Aaron Jones – get some receptions. Williams gets some receptions. I don't think that there's enough room for uh, Tanyan to, to consistently put up good fantasy numbers. I feel like he's going to be a guy that's going to sporadically give you decent points, but uh, not somebody that you can consistently rely on. Just because we've seen it too often with Packers players, you got random guys putting up big points because Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. I guess the only argument to that, though, is the guys you all name are wide receivers that are supplemental to Devontae Adams, and then Robert Tanyan's playing a different position, and um, he's had four weeks of being – I mean, he's a tight end, too, across four weeks right now. That's only – and what are we what are we expecting out of a tight end? You know, not only this season but long term. You know, long gone are I mean it's Kittle and Kelsey. You can maybe throw Mark Andrews in there as well. When I draft a tight end, it's actually not just a little secret. It's one of the last positions I ever draft in an actual fantasy draft, redraft dynasty, however you want to uh, call it. But I'm cool with 40 or 50 yards and a touchdown every once in a while. So I think. Uh, Tanya can do that. 40, 50 yards seems like a very safe floor for him and a touchdown every other game, even with Devontae Adams there. And again, in Green Bay, we've seen the, the all quarterbacks in the line of succession there. They just love and they lean on, on, on tight ends for some odd reason. Is it the cold air? Is it the competitive competitiveness of the games? I don't know, but it's just one of those situations where a tight end can just be a star very quick in Green Bay. Yeah, I can. Um, so I think you and I are in agreement, but I can also see Anthony being a little bit hesitant for a guy that came out of nowhere and then you seeing different guys pop up. But uh, yeah, I think there's room to be optimistic for him. But also, um, I don't think you're benching, you know, Darren Waller to start Tanya on, on a consistent basis. But um, it's been a, a weird world of uh, tight ends this season. So I like the, the consistency across four weeks for him. Let's move on. Let's move on to. Um, Break up or stay. So I related this to real life. You get in these relationships through time, right? And uh, you might hit some rocky patches. Things are going down the wrong road. And you have to make a decision at some point. Um, am I breaking up or am I going to stick this out and stay? So 
you can say the same sort of thing with your fantasy football players at your roster. Hey, you know, I'm, I, I, I had some optimism for this relationship with this player I'm rostering. Now you have to make the decision. Do I break up, a.k.a. I'm dropping him or I'm trying to trade him, or do I stay and just stash him and stick it out? So I got some players to talk about. Maybe we can hit these uh, fairly quick here. But the first one on the list, Daniel Jones. Are we breaking up or staying? He's QB 30 for the year so far. Um, zero touchdowns in the past three games, but three interceptions. Uh, he's got two touchdowns and five interceptions for the year. That offensive line looks like um, one of those awesome. that doesn't lock. Like you can just push it with, uh, you know, barely touch. Uh, a turnstile. Or, or the gust of wind comes by and the gate flies open. Um, Chris, are, are, are you breaking up with Daniel Jones or are you going to stay? I'm not going to break up with him, but I'm going to distance myself. I'll keep him in my phone, in the rotation, text him, you know, on a Friday night if need be. So I don't want to fully cut bait with him because the kid is young. Uh, we can see what he can do. He has some good ped pedigree there, so I don't want to cut him cut him completely. But I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be upset if, uh, if somebody else uh, started dating him and Danny Dimes went with him. All right. <laughs> Anthony, what about you? Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, just looking at, the, I mean, last year he had a ridiculous amount of fumbles, a ridiculous amount of turnovers. This year I was hoping, you know what, he's going to clean that up a little bit. Well, he's got seven turnovers so far this year, and that is not good. Uh, what I can say, uh, is I'm not going to break up with him. Uh, and the reason behind that is there, there looks to be a bright path in the future here. Next week, especially, he's going up against the Dallas Cowboys defense, who everybody has been lighting up. So oh. if he doesn't have a decent game against that Dallas Cowboys defense, then maybe there's some cause for concern there. Uh, then he's got Washington after Dallas, and after that he's got Philly. Uh, yeah, Philadelphia. And honestly, those are all favorable matchups for a quarterback. So uh, you got some brightness at the end of the path here hopefully he turns it around and doesn't get hit every time he throws the ball but uh seven turnovers is a little ridiculous through uh four weeks here and if he doesn't do good in this next couple games here it's time to break up with him i think i agree yeah all right well uh for me um I think it's going to have to heavily depend on a matchup, but at the same time, he, he hasn't had the worst set of matchups. So I, I, I really just don't have confidence in him. And he was a guy that I tried to grab in almost every draft I was in this past year. And and I'm going to sit him for Fitzmagic. And I'm going to sit him for Tannehill and I'm going to sit him for go down the list for Bridgewater. I'm going to sit him for all these guys because he has done nothing to give you optimism right now. And I don't, I think part of it's on him. Part of it's on, uh, the old line part of it's on the injuries, part of it's on the Giants. So um, I'm breaking up in the sense of uh, if he wants to come back to me, we can work things out later. Maybe I'll like keep him in you know the back of my pocket, but uh, I have no confidence right now. I'm 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 sorry. Um, going let, let's look at some running backs real quick here. Uh, let's just look at Baltimore. Um, J.K. Dobbins is RB, RB uh, 41. Um, for the year, he's got 15 carries for 92 yards and two touchdowns, which he had week one, six receptions. Mark Ingram is right behind him at RB 42 year. He's got 34 carries for 148 yards and two touchdowns, two touchdowns, just like Dobbins. 
three receptions though. And then we have Gus Edwards, 27 carries for 167 yards. And I think he paced both of them last game. Are we going to break up or are we going to stay with let's, let's take Gus out of this. Gus is a good player, but let's take Gus out of this. Are we going to break up or stay with if uh, you have JK Dobbins or you have Mark Ingram, Anthony, you can start us off. So this one's a little difficult for me because Let's say redraft, redraft, just to clarify, redraft. Okay, redraft, I'm honestly breaking up with them uh, for redraft. Reason behind this is last week, Gus Edwards led the backfield in touches. That is concerning for me uh, as a Dobbins owner uh, because you want to think that Dobbins is going to be the guy that kind of takes over that role. And you, you, you thought to yourself, oh, he just needs to take over from Mark Ingram. Well, now we're seeing here that Gus Edwards got a big uh, percentage of the snaps last week. And that's a little concerning to me because you want Mark Ingram to take a step back and you want Dobbins to go forward. But now Mark Ingram takes a step back and Gus Edwards takes a step forward. So uh, obviously it's a high-powered offense. With Lamar, uh, the run game is going to be dangerous, but I'm just concerned that it's going to be one week Dobbins have a good week, one week uh, Ingram has a good week, one week Edwards has a good week, and I'm not fully uh, confident that any of them are going to grasp that role the rest of the season. I'd love to say Dobbins would, but from what I've been seeing so far, it doesn't seem like they're going to hand the keys to any one running back. So I'm going to uh, break up with them for this redraft. And uh, if you're a dynasty guy, I hope that uh, things turn uh, better for Dobbins going forward. I, I mean, well said. I, you know, going into this, obviously, uh, I got the the script, the, the the show script ahead of time, and I didn't know which way I was going to go. Be, on the on the surface, I mean, J.K. Dobbins is is the the guy here to own if you're talking dynasty. But but Anthony brought up a good point in redraft, so let's just simplify it for real life purposes because real life leads to whatever, like you know, fantasy points. I guess I just made that up and it was stupid. But you know, J.K. Dobbins is he might be last in the pecking order for targets and touches here. You know, it was shocking to see Gus Edwards get all those carries. And like Anthony said, it seems like Harbaugh might be riding the hot hand in this one. And you can't just, you can't just break up with the, with the steady Eddie, you know, old savvy vet and Ingram. He's still going to get carries in the goal line. He's still that big, you know, uh, bruiser of a back when you get inside the the five or 10 yard line, but Anthony hit it out of the park. We never know what we're going to get out of these three guys on a week to week basis. Week five, Sunday, they're playing Cincinnati, who are looking at their, their 25th overall on defense, 29th, almost dead last against the rush. So realistically, all three guys could have a fantastic game and good luck figuring it out week to week. So, you know, I'm breaking up with all three of them. Which is both both understandable. The reason I'm going to stay, and when I say stay, I mean I'm probably going to bench both of them. The reason I'm going to do that, though, is because you're not going to drop either one of them. I don't care how you know big or small your league. You can't drop either one of them. And then if you try to trade them, you're going to get garbage. You're going to get garbage from them. You're going to get um, guys that you'll never play. Um, knock on wood, we we don't wish any injuries in fantasy football, real life football, no. real life anything. We don't wish injuries. But I think the minute that someone's banged up, one of those guys is going to be 
what Kareem Hunt was on like Twitter this past week. Everyone's like, Kareem Hunt's top five, easily top five sort of guy. And, and even if, I mean, we're not going to talk about Gus Edwards. Let's say it's Mark Ingram gets banged up. You immediately are going to say J.K. Dobbins is going to be a stud now, even with Gus Edwards there, or reverse. J.K. Dobbins is a little bit banged up. Mark Ingram should have a big boost. So I think you have to stay because your return for dropping or trading them is going to be next to zero. So, um, But I do understand where you guys can just completely cut uh, cut ties with both of these guys here. Let's move on to, uh, I had a longer list, but let's just get the, the big names out. Uh, one last running back here, David Montgomery's RB 27 on the year. Um, scored 21.7 in week two, and then he was under 11 points in all the other weeks. Uh, three receptions this last game um, and week two, which to me is concerning because he was a decent pass catcher in college. Tariq Cohen's gone. You would think, hey, this guy can maybe snag like five balls of games now. Um, but he did not. Um, his yards per carry uh, was 3.2 um, two weeks ago. And then this past week, it was 2.7. So for me, um, again, I'm going to say the same thing. Obviously, you can't drop him. You can't trade him for nothing. But I'd be very concerned right now with his production because the yards per carry are not good. He's not catching enough balls for PPR leagues to be relevant. Um, what are you guys doing with David Montgomery? Are you even starting him in your lineup? I mean, he could be a flex, but maybe your flex is a wide receiver with some higher upside. It's 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 tough for me. I'm reaching out and I'm trying to work things out with Demon. Uh, there's just something about the guy. I I can't quit him. I know it's his sophomore season, but I've liked him since college. And as odd as it may sound, again, I have no affiliation with the Bears, Nick. Uh, I'm not the beat writer there. I don't know. Only I only know what I see and what I read. But, you know, that team looks like they look like they're on the verge of being very good. But at the same time, it's almost like they're figuring things out as they go, you know, during the week and, and, and during the actual game. Hence switching, you know, taking out uh, Trubisky and putting in Nick Foles. So things are going to be okay in Chicago. They're going to finally, you know, put it together one of these games. And Demon is going to be fine. The sheer volume alone should make him make him okay. So I, I, I'm calling him up, telling him to come over, and I'm cooking dinner, and we're gonna we're gonna work on things for sure. All right, all right. T- Tim's ten twenty eight also says Montgomery was in on every play. Those numbers right. will go up. He didn't come out of the game. Uh, Anthony, what do you think here? Well, I'm sorry, Tim, but <laughs> I am done with Montgomery. I am so done with him. How many chances can you give a guy to do something? He is he has had the keys to that backfield for how long now? Okay. And he has not done anything with it. I'm sorry, but Nick, you're in my dynasty league. I, I sent out a message today saying, I'm trying to trade him. Come and get him. It, Nick, you just had Eckler go down. Send me an offer for Montgomery because I'm done with him. I, as a oh. Bears fan, it's very disappointing for me because you look at this guy. He, he's he's a young guy, uh, giving him the keys to the backfield right away, pretty much. Uh, competition. Who who does he have there? They just signed Lamar Miller to the practice squad, and they got Cord- Cordell Patterson as their backup running back. And th- and this guy can't even put together a good fantasy week. And, and I'm sorry, but now you got Nick Foles at quarterback and. Yeah, he looked good when he came in for Trubisky through three touchdowns. Last week, he looked terrible. So we're looking at this team now, and we're like, maybe he's going to take some weeks to get used to this offense. Maybe he, maybe he's not that good. 
And, and if he's not that good, Montgomery is not going to be a good fantasy asset to have on your team. He, he's somebody that you, you look at and you're like, hey, he gets a lot of touches. So there's going to be points with touches. But then you play him every week and you don't get those points or those touches. So I'm kind of done with him. Um, I don't want anything to do with him anymore. I'm trying to trade him in my leagues and get value while I can. Because I think it's only a matter of time before the Bears figure out that he is not the answer to the backfield and they got to do something different. I respect the passion. I respect the fire. You sound like me when I talk about anything Detroit Lions, so I can definitely relate. Yeah, we have uh, uh, BBAB underscore FFB saying the points will come. Uh, it's, it, it's, it is frustrating as Bears fan right now, but I, I think if you were counting on Dave Montgomery being one of your two starting running backs in your fantasy football roster, now you're shifting him to your flex and hoping he's fine there because he wasn't good as a starting running back. But um, he has the opportunity. And Chris, you you know, I quoted you on your article earlier. I believe there was an opportunity, um, part of your sentence in there, and it all made sense. Um, I don't have the direct quote, but it uh, opportunity is a big time uh, part of fantasy football here. Um, three guys, I'll just read them off here. Uh, these are guys that I can understand if you would want to break up with, but let me know from these three guys, if you guys have any of them that you'd rather stay with um, here. So maybe you're, you're juggling a couple people um, as far as your uh, relationships go. Uh, all three have done you pretty wrong, but one of them, maybe you'll stay with um, T Y Hilton wide receiver, 73s never scored over 9.5, nine targets week one. Then it all went downhill from there. A.J. Green, wide receiver, 79, uh, never over 10.2 uh, points. He had nine targets and 13 targets weeks one and, th- uh, one and two, and then it steadily went downhill from there. And then the last one here, Preston Williams, uh, lower than both of them, wide receiver, 81. He's never scored above 8.8 points. Um, his catches across four weeks are two catches, one catch, two catches, and one catch. T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Preston Williams. Are you staying with any of these guys? Well, uh, thankfully, I've never gotten involved with T.Y. or Preston Williams. So I have, you know, they're fine to do whatever they want. The guy that hurts me here is A.J. Green. Uh, I've had a a ton of shares of A.J. since day one. He was drafted in 2011 or 2010, I believe. Same draft as Julio Jones, and uh, he was fantastic. I've owned him, like I've said, years and years on end, and it finally looks like uh, things are coming to an end here, especially with Tyler Boyd assuming that wide receiver one role there. Uh, T. Higgins is stepping up, so uh, sorry, AJ, but it's just not working out anymore, buddy. Anthony? Yeah, I have never owned T.Y. Hilton in any leagues. I don't think uh, I – don't think he's the answer. I don't think he's very good. And I don't think he's going to flourish with Phillip Rivers as quarterback. Uh, like you said, Chris, T. Higgins is has arrived. Uh, Boyd has stepped up. And that just yep. pushed, pushed A.J. Green out the door. So uh, don't want anything to do with him. He's already 31 years old, too, I believe. So ton of soft I, tissue injuries on his feet, his ankles. Yeah, and yeah, if you could get something for him now while you can, I would look into it. And uh, Preston Williams, I had high hopes for, but, you know, I I tore my ACL in college. I know it's not an easy road to come back from, and he has not looked good. Uh, I don't know if 
the injury just isn't fully recovered, if he's not ready to go. But I saw that he has, like, he's been targeted on less than 11% of snaps or something like that, or, or he's lined up in less than 11% or something along the lines of that. It doesn't look like he's going to be a heavy part of this offense. It looks like Gusecki and Devontae Parker might be the guys, and there's some other new guy that's been stepping up for Miami. So, Preston, I'm going to have to fade until he uh, proves to me that he's healthy and, and can make an impact on that team. So I'm fading all three of those guys. Yeah, so the, the quick thoughts here with T.Y. Hilton is you had two guys get hurt, right? Paris Campbell, he's not playing football right now. Michael Pittman Jr., the rookie, he's not playing football right now. So if he cannot find a way to be fantasy relevant with those two guys gone, it's, evaporate him. Um, A.J. Green has had tons of targets and opportunity and just not been good. I mean, Joe Burrow was overthrowing him a bit at times. That happens with every wide receiver. T. Uh, T Higgins is stepping up big time. T. Higgins is going to be the breakout guy that's going to push him aside and say, hey, thanks for all the stuff you told me at camp. It really helped me, buddy. Um, Preston Williams, I have a little bit of optimism for. Isaiah Ford's been stepping up for the Dolphins, but you have to understand with an ACL tear, like Anthony said, we, we, we might not understand his recovery and his recovery might mean he's not on the field as much as he should be. He's getting back into the swing of things. I think if you have those second half players, Preston Williams would be a candidate just because I think that, um, he could still be just getting back into football, you know, mode. Um, but yeah, I think all, all three you'd be concerned about with Preston Williams having maybe the most upside. Um, Chris, I know you uh, you got to cut out pretty soon here. Uh, and Anthony will probably just go for a little bit longer afterwards. But can you just remind everybody for those who listen to this on Apple and Spotify and all that, uh, where can we find you and what you got going on? Absolutely. I can't thank you enough for having me uh, per usual on Tuesdays. I very much enjoy this. It's a nice way to, you know, kick off the week. You know, one week is done by Tuesday evening and the next week is upon us. So it's a great way to, you know, kind of dip your toes in the water here, looking ahead to the next week. So you could find me on Twitter at Detroit Beastie. It's spelled exactly the way you think it. Uh, bottom of the barrel is out now. My weekly DFS article uh, rankings and my top tens at each position uh, will be out shortly as early as tomorrow afternoon, along with uh, my favorite play at each position coming on uh, Thursday afternoon, let's say. Perfect. Well, uh, we will stay tuned for that. And uh, thanks for joining us. And thanks for uh, having me. see you later, Chris. We'll keep going here. You got it. All right, Anthony, I, I had a couple more and I just wanted to move along just while we had Chris here. Um, we can be pretty, pretty brief about some of these ones here. Um, what about, uh, what about Kenyon Drake, RB 35? His best game was 14.5. He was under 10 twice. Over the past weeks, he had zero catches and then one catch. Um, one touchdown, I think, recently. Uh, Carolina last week, he had 13 carries for 35 yards and 2.7 yards per carry. Um, are, are you giving up on Drake? So, Drake gave P2W a shout-out before the season. Uh, I don't yeah, know if did. that affects, affected how he's been playing uh, so far or anything, but – um, I'm not going to give up on him just yet. I feel like if you give up on him now, you're not going to get the return you're looking for for him that you might have paid for him before the season started. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, he he went crazy at the end of the season. So I, I can't 
act like that was a fluke because the points he were putting he was putting up at the end of last season couldn't be a fluke. Uh, so I don't know what it is with their offense right now. Um, I know that Kyler Murray is stealing a lot of touchdowns. Uh, he's running the ball a lot. But they need to find a way to get him involved in that offense, and I feel like that they're going to at some point. Um, and if they do, I think he'll, he'll give you some decent production. I would be a little bit concerned about uh, Edmund stepping up because he's been putting up better numbers than Drake has. So I don't know if they're going to decide to go with the hot hand or not, but I just feel like you can't give up on Drake yet. Uh, and if you do, you're not going to get back what you might have paid for him before the season started. Yeah, I think that's what you have to factor in all the time because let's say you're going to move him to your bench or you're trying to move him. You're not going to sell Drake for – you know, a wide receiver three or something like that, or you're not going to sell Drake for a Latavius Murray or somebody else that has random good weeks. Um, he's playing the Jets this week, I think. So I thought he should have went off against the Panthers because their defense is not too great. If he doesn't against the Jets, that typically allow like a lot of running backs to go all over them. I think I think you're in bencher mode, which is crazy to think about for Drake. Um, unless you unless you're you're in a pinch, he just lost. Eckler, you know, Chubb or Saquon, then you're starting him no matter what. But a lot of area for concern. Um, I'll just read you off a couple of last guys I had. Uh, Neheim Hines had a monster week one. Uh, the next couple games, he was 1.4, 10.1, um, 6.2. We don't have to go deep into this. Would you stash him or is he droppable? I think he's droppable. Um I, it's actually hard to say. I mean, I feel like he can can be a little bit relevant, but I do feel like that the Colts are leaning towards giving Taylor the keys to the to the backfield. Um, that being said, Taylor went up against uh, the Jets last week. Where was it? Or was it uh, two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago, and he uh, didn't put up the numbers I would have hoped for as an owner. Um, he didn't get a lot of carries that game. Um, I don't know why that would be because they were winning the game. Uh, but I think there is a little bit of concern uh, that Drake, I mean, not Drake, uh, Taylor doesn't take over the backfield. But if he does, I mean, and everybody's kind of expecting that he does, I feel like Hines is going to be a droppable player just because he should be, Taylor should be the guy. Uh, that offense is going to do better with Taylor on the receiving end, I think, and on the rushing end. So if if he does take over, which I'm expecting him to, I think that Hines is droppable. Yeah, I think uh, there was some uh, concern with Taylor the last, like, two games. Um, the percent of snaps, I think, dropped to, like, 40-something. I think I sent something to one of our group chats. Um, but at the same time, what we liked about Hines from week one, he had eight catches. The next three weeks, he had one catch, four catches, and three catches. So the reason you wanted Hines in PPR leagues was for him to be the pass-catching guy and then let JT run the ball, and that's not happening. So I think he's borderline droppable unless you are um, in a deeper league or a pinch. Um, I'll just read off uh, some of the tight ends that I wrote down. Jack Doyle this past week, one reception for uh, 12 yards. Um, he had none in week three. It looks like Mo Alley Cox is the guy there. Jack Doyle was a sleeper in the season until Mo Alley Cox came in and dunked all over him. Um, Irv Smith Jr. had uh, zero catches the last two games, one catch in week one and then one catch in week two. So I think Irv Smith Jr. is 
droppable unless you're in a dynasty league because he's not getting involved at all. Zero, zero. Gronk, I still think you might have some value if all these guys are hurt and he finds what he did in week three. Week three, he had six receptions, um, which was big time, uh, but otherwise zero touchdowns, under four points in three out of four games. He, he's probably a guy you're going to bench and you see how Tampa Bay does with these injuries. The one that's concerning is uh, Zach Ertz is a little bit concerning with having all these injuries. Um, tight end 16 on the year, Goddard's out, all their wide receivers are out, so we're hoping for better things to come from him. Uh, let's finish off, Anthony, um, just because we're past the hour mark, with our starts of the week. Um, who do you have for quarterback for your start of the week? So let's let's say, I mean, obviously we can all say Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes is my start of the week, you know, uh, the, the best guy, or we can go to – Go to the running back and say Alvin Kamara is my start of the week, but uh, typically we look a little bit beyond that. Um, who, who was your quarterback of the week? Yeah, my uh, start of the week here is actually going to be Justin Herbert. Uh, the reason behind okay. that is if you're looking at Herbert here, uh, last week he threw 20 for 25. Uh, he had 20 completions out of 25 pass attempts. Accuracy looked great, and then he barely had under 300 yards last game. Um, the two games before that, he had over 300 yards. So he he's getting that big yardage mark that you're going to want from a quarterback. Um, and then you're looking at his matchup, and he's playing the Saints defense. And, and the Saints, I, I'm sorry to say it, but they look like a little bit overrated of a team this year. Uh, their defense is let up, I got it right here, 23 points in week one. 34 points in week two, 37 points in week three, and 29 points in week four. And, and those, those numbers are concerning for a defense. You're, getting, you're giving up 30 and 30-plus 30 uh, points a week, and, and, and that's not good because in order for you to win games, your offense needs to score big points then. I think Justin Herbert's going to take advantage of that uh, that backfield, put up some points this week, and it and it is notable that he he has ran the ball every week over ten yards. Might not be a big number, but that's additional fantasy points for you there. He did get a rushing touchdown in week one, and that's going to be beneficial to you if it happens again. So Herbert, I'm liking the matchup. I'm liking what he's been doing lately. He's my start of the week. I agree with you there, and um, to see him throw the ball so much, if he eliminates. Um, turnovers. Uh, I think his completion percentage has been great. Um, he's thrown some touchdowns. Uh, he is mobile. So I, I agree 100% with you on that. Um, mine is Teddy Bridgewater versus the Falcons. And I'll probably, this will probably be the only time I, I say Teddy Bridgewater outside of two times he faces the, uh, the Falcons. But, uh, on the year, we thought he's going to be a game manager. Um, he had 34, 42, 28, and then 37 passing attempts. So he's actually throwing the ball a lot. We didn't expect too much from him. Uh, the Falcons have given up the second most passing yards this season. Uh, so I think they're a pass-heavy – or yeah, it's it's a pass-heavy defense as far as coming in with a game plan. Mike Davis has been a stud, um, obviously, with the run game. Uh, Reggie Bonifant came out, you know, out the last week and got some decent touches too. But I think this is the defense. If you have the quarterback, you play them against the Falcons. I think it's just clear as day at this point. Teddy had a good last game. I think he's going to have a good game against the Falcons. And then from there, I think you'll either drop him and, and rotate a quarterback or you're going to stash him for another Falcons mashup. But that's my quarterback start of the week. Running back for me, start of the week is going to be James Robinson versus the Texans. 
Um, the Texans are actually number one in rushing yards given up um, this this season so far uh, with 727 yards. He's the RB6 on the year. Last game, he had 17 rushes and four catches. So we talked before about opportunity and um, add 17 and four. That's a lot of touches for a running back. So I think against the Texans that have allowed um, the most, I thought it was the Jets, it's the Texans. So they've allowed the worst um, as far as uh, running backs going against them. I think it's a pretty matchup for a running back and he's the hot hand right now. So what about, what about you, Anthony, running back? Yeah, I would agree. I think that's a good matchup uh, for him. So I, I can see him putting up good numbers. Um, my my running back here is McKinnon. Um, if Mostert doesn't start start or plays this week, if he does, then I, I don't know if I would play him. But you're looking at his numbers here. And even when Mostert was playing, week one, McKinnon had 13.4 points. Week two, 13.7. Week three, 16.7. And then last week he had 22.7. McKinnon's doing a good job for that backfield there um, with and without Mostert. Uh, especially if Mostert doesn't play, though. I'm looking at McKinnon's numbers last week, and he had seven catches. Uh, that is actually a surprisingly high number for McKinnon out of the backfield. Um, and it, I, I think it might be due to the quarterback situation that they've got going on there. But uh, Jimmy G might be back this week. If he is or if he isn't, I still think McKinnon will put up good fantasy numbers uh, just based off of volume and based off of uh, them catches he's getting. If he if he gets up to that seven uh, reception mark again uh, this week, he's going to put up good numbers for you guys. I agree there. Um, until most shirts back into to action too. Um, PPR leagues, you like to see a, a running back get that sort of volume. Um, wide receiver for me is Tyler Lockett versus the, uh, the Vikings. Um, the Vikings have allowed the fourth most um, passing yards this season, so it's a team that you can get the the, uh, the yardage on. Um, Tyler Lockett had a dud this past week, two receptions for 39 yards. Um, after two weeks ago, he had that nine reception, 100 yards, and three touchdown game that he exploded on. I think when you have a veteran wide receiver that your quarterback – trust and they have a good relationship and you know that he had a bad game I think you go into the next week saying hey I gotta feed this guy I don't think Russell Wilson is gonna go into the game having a good relationship with Tyler Lockett and say hey you only got three or no two receptions last week it was a bad game for you you know maybe I'll get you involved this week I think it's one of those 100% will find you ways to be successful after you exploded for us the week before so I think um it's a bounce back for a veteran who is going to be very good the rest of the year here. Um, what about you for wide receiver? Yeah. Speaking of bounce backs, uh, my wide receiver is going to be DJ Moore. Um, my boy. He, yeah. He, he's due. For, yeah. He's due for a big game here. Um, you're looking uh, uh, against, I mean, they're playing the uh, let's see who are they playing here? Atlanta. They're playing Atlanta. All right. Atlanta yeah. secondary is, awful okay it doesn't help that their number one uh pick of this draft aj terrell is out with coronavirus uh he he's out so so now he your your top option in your secondary is out uh you're looking at uh teddy bridgewater putting up decent numbers going up against this backfield here 
I hope DJ Moore has a big bounce back week this week. Uh, I'm not sold on the fact that Robbie Anderson is going to be their wide receiver one. Um, I think DJ Moore is more talented and he just needs to see an increase in target share. Um, that being said, Atlanta's uh, secondary has allowed 736 yards to wide receivers this year. That is ridiculous. So I, I could see uh, Carolina picking this defense apart. They got the weapons to do it. They have the wide receiver talent to do it. Give DJ more some some more target share, and uh, he's going to do some damage. I think this is a big bounce back week for him. I, I agree, and he's due, he's due for it. And I think from a talent perspective, it's hard to rule him out, even if Robbie Anderson has been you know their go to guy. Because I just don't think Robbie Anderson is a guy that's going to sustain this sort of uh, momentum over a guy who's probably more talented than him. Um, finishing off here, tight end. I uh, have Darren Waller versus the Chiefs, and I said before we're not going to talk about the obvious, but I think Darren Waller is going to finish the week as the tight end one, um, in my opinion, uh, against the Chiefs because the Raiders are going to have to throw the ball a lot. I think Darren Waller is going to have the George Kittle 2.0. George Kittle had that, um, what, 15 catches game uh, this past week. He went crazy. I think Darren Waller is going to repeat something similar, maybe not to that extent. Um, this past week, nine receptions on 12 targets against the Buffalo defense. And I'll take the Buffalo defense before the Chiefs defense almost any day, even though the Chiefs defense have greatly improved, I, I think. Um, uh, 16 targets in week two versus New Orleans uh, for Darren Waller. And I think it's going to be the same. Uh, you know, this past week, Nelson Aguilar, I think, stepped up for them. I think he might have been their best wide receiver. And then Hunter Renfro is like the sub B under that uh, with Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards out. I think Darren Waller is going to be the safety blanket in a game that they're going to throw the ball probably a crazy amount of time. So I think he's going to finish the week as the best tight end. Um, and he's going to be your obvious play. Uh, but what about for you for tight end? Yeah, I could definitely see Waller going off this week and having a big game. Um, my tight end play for this week would actually be Hunter Henry. Um, didn't have a great week last week, um, but again, going out from my QB pick here, the Chargers are going against that Saints defense, who has allowed a lot of points. Uh, not not only have they allowed a lot of points, but they've allowed the second most points to tight ends this year. Um, and I think that's important to know, especially with uh, the chance that Mike Williams doesn't play this week. We all know that Mike Williams is a big, big red zone target for the for the uh, Chargers. So if he's not playing this week, I think that we see a uh, big boost to Hunter Henry uh, because I could see him getting some red zone targets uh, to the Saints. I mean, against the Saints who have allowed the second most points to tight ends. So a uh, big red zone uh, increase if Mike Williams doesn't play. Saints defense already has shown to not be good against tight ends. And Herbert has been throwing for around 300 yards every week. So I could see Hunter Henry having a good game here. Makes sense to have your start of the week quarterback and tight end be on the same uh, team there too. It, it all lines up. All right. Uh, we're well past the hour mark. So um, wrapping things up here, uh, Anthony, where can everybody find you on Twitter for those that are not looking at the screen right now? No problem. Uh, I could be found at at Anthony P2W on Twitter. Uh, give me a follow if you guys can. And uh, if you follow me, uh, make sure you're following the main P2W page as well. Yep. And uh, 
That's at P2W Fantasy, um, and that's uh, me, Nick, here. Um, what we got going on the rest of the week, I'll probably release um, at least one more article, maybe one more uh, beyond that. Um, have a partnership now with Gridiron uh, Ratings, so uh, articles will come from their website. They have a very nice website, so that's a major upgrade uh, for uh, what we were having before, I guess, from a, a view perspective. Um, but other than that, uh, this will be released tomorrow um, in the morning and then probably market it out a, a day or two later. But uh, that's it from us here at P2W Fantasy. Thanks for listening um, and good luck with your matchups uh, for the weekend.